koto haere mai, and welcome to the 2022 Forum for Better Communities, convened by the May Group and hosted right here at the Maritime Room. So today we are in quite a fitting, symbolic, slightly bougie, but who's complaining, venue. That is really fitting for actually the theme that we're uh, wanting to get around today. Now, I do see a lot of very familiar faces, which is great, but I also see some that I haven't met before. So before we get started, a uh, bit about myself and I'll introduce myself. Under normal circumstances, I am the Director of Engagement for the May Group. For the under extraordinary circumstance, uh, and for those of you who came to the forum last year, you'll remember that I am the self-appointed Director of PowerPoint Presentations, and also I'm the self-appointed Head of May's Outrageous Team Outings Committee, which I've since been ousted from for good reason. But I'm glad to report that this year I've uh, seen another self-promotion. I am now the president of the MAID CSC, the Consistently Singles Club, of which we have a very strong membership of one, <laughs> which is very fitting. Uh, but other than that, and jokes aside, today, however, I'm just stoked to be your host and your navigator as we dive into an adventure uh, for the rest of the day. So then, enough about me. I'd like to now take the opportunity to first and foremost actually acknowledge every single person's attendance here today. The reason why you've all been invited is because in one form or another, we have partnered, we have collaborated, we have journeyed with a common desire to see change and transformation happen in good times and in bad times. And I know a partnership sometimes is a bit like a marriage, I suppose, not that I would know. <laughs> now it's really that collective longing for something different and better that the May Group was founded and continues to exist side by side with people like yourselves who share the same alignment and aspiration to really see something different happen in our country. I just want to also acknowledge and appreciate that sitting in this room today is an amazing consortium of leaders, servant leaders, industry leaders, right across the public and the private sector, spanning a multitude of disciplines and expertise. Not only are we thrilled to have your collective wisdom, your knowledge, and your spirit of endeavor here today, we're actually really excited to see what happens when we actually come together, hone in, and think about what creating better, courageous communities really means. So in that spirit, today's forum, again, is all about exchanging ideas, all about exchanging views. We want to build from last year's forum, where we set the foundation of what better communities mean, and this year, we're uniting around the concept, the expression, and the action of courage. How might a sense of united courage actually create better communities? What does courage even mean in a season that uh, is uh, upon us right now, in an environment that is so different to what it was even a year ago? How might our communities, our organizations, our families, our whanau, our friends actually become a resource for courage? These are some of the questions that we might go through and ponder together today. Now then, I recently chanced upon a very, very interesting uh, new age chic concept through reading Time Magazine. And yes, I was quite surprised that Time Magazine pro produces good American literature. <laughs> but that aside, this concept was all about that besides IQ, which is intelligence quotient, EQ, which is emotional quotient, and SQ, if you will, which is social qu quotient, there is now this emerging measurement of quotients called AQ, adversity quotients. Now organizations are really hunting down and looking for people who demonstrate this sense of AQ. They don't no longer want people who just are intelligent, emotionally apt and sensitive, 
They want people who actually are all about knowing how to respond to life's big and small challenges, especially the tough kind of stuff. As a gauge of how one responds and deals with all issues life chips at you, and essentially, I suppose AQ is the measurement, the unit measurement, if you will, of resilience. So as we consider and explore all things courageous today, perhaps consider these few hours we're spending together as a boost for your, our AQ tank, a refill, if you will. It's ever quite fitting at this point to mention the very venue that we're sitting in, which is the Maritime Room, our AQ HQ of the day, if you will. Later on, when the curtains are all open, you'll be able to stare out into the glistening Waitamata and further on into the vast expanse, which is the Pacific Ocean. We encourage you to take the time today to be inspired by the sense of nautical adventure that our forebears courageously took. The spirit of chartering and endeavoring beyond the norm, the courage to sail through hardship, clinging on to a hope for the better, that Polynesian migration to Sir Peter Blake's epic winds were founded on, and of course, forging a better nation that we've come to love and adore today. Now, we've also done our very best to absolutely milk today's sense of adventure through our symbolism. You'll see on your table sprinkles of the nautical adventure, uh, and later on today, you'll experience that through art and through music. And of course, for those who registered to go on the Ted Ashby cruise, you'll literally experience it through salt in your faces. Well, I hope not. <laughs> Anyways, it seems like a pretty big boat. All right, now before we begin, there are just a few housekeeping matters I'd like to get through. Number one, fire. In the event of an emergency, an alarm will be sounded and a duty manager will announce that we need to leave the venue through the marked exit, which is on that side. The assembly point, believe it or not, is wildfire restaurant. <laughs> you can't make these things up. I'm serious. That's why I'm re just reading. But please don't jump off the balcony, even though that might be a little bit more effective. Now, the second thing is please ensure that your devices are switched off or to silent. We've got a real treat of a program for you today, so you really don't want to miss out on any of these gems with your phone calls. Thirdly, the only call, however, we do want you to take is the one from nature. So the toilets are located just on my right-hand side through the bathrooms. Now then, for those of you uh, who, like me, like a brew, coffee, tea, and water are on self-serve, so please feel free to get up and go get it. I'm glad to report for those who actually uh, came last year as well that I said wine would be served at this forum. I'm glad my petition has been successful this year. So the bar will open at lunchtime from 12.30 onwards, and I see a very big grin from the lawyer on my left-hand side. <laughs> That's great. Sorry to embarrass you, Paul. <laughs> now then, on your name tags, you'll see that there is a schedule on, of your day provided on the refers. One thing to note that at 12 p.m. at midday, in line with today's adventure theme, there actually will be a traditional daily cannon that sounds, which is a nod to the nautical tradition when ships actually used to use it to synchronize their nautical equipment, to make sure they are accurate, make sure they are effective, and aligned to sail better, much like why we're actually gathering today. So when 12 p.m. comes, don't be alarmed, it will be pretty loud. Finally, there is a official photographer and a videographer today just to capture this memorable get-together. If you prefer not to have your uh, likeness captured, just let one of the team know and we'll make sure that those are raised. But uh, in turn, we hope that if you're inspired and interested to pick up your phone and snapshot the videos, you're more than welcome to do so and post them on social media. The only thing we ask that you tag the handle, which is MakeGoodNZ on social media. Now then. Finally, as conveners of this forum, we also hope that today will be a continuation of a forum where a ripple of ideas of change can actually be built upon and applied in real life, real circumstances. 
from the green fields of Rotokauri to the ranges of Queenstown, from the first homes in Oranga to the established suburbs in Tangamata, from this very conference room, perhaps to even the halls of government in Wellington. This is our truest aspiration for these farms. On that note, we'd now like to kick off with a very special video, which we would love to inspire and just get our minds stirring on what a movement for the better may look like, a movement that represents all of us. So sit back, relax, and uh, tune in, but I'll see you on the side. And again, welcome to the Forum for Better Communities. Thank you. Change. It starts with one, but it doesn't finish there. Thousands of towns and cities have been built, but few have been built to create meaningful communities. In too many cases, thoughts on community are often consumed by how to self-protect or self-promote, pushing people apart. Something needs to change. Change is almost never instant. It's a journey that takes courage. Change takes a movement, gathering momentum as it goes. Change doesn't stop. It keeps moving forward. Change is a city where the community stands together, working to make sure no one is left behind. Change is where creation is enjoyed, respected and nurtured for generations to come. Change is where people serve one another and journey together in every season, through good times and bad. Change is a community where people feel safe and that they belong to something bigger than themselves. Change are neighbors who find joy in being generous towards others. Change is where families can grow, flourish, and inherit a better way. Change is a new beginning. Together, a better city. Change, it starts with one but it doesn't finish there. It takes all of us. It takes a movement. All right, it gives me great pleasure to now actually welcome somebody who I personally think is one of the most courageous warriors and a true one breath. Our very own CEO uh, and a very true friend to come up just to say a few opening words. So ladies and gentlemen, would you care to join me in welcoming Charles Mark? Hello, hello. Good morning, everyone. I just want to say that um, it's not an easy thing to bring all of you all together today because we've only limited um, the amount of participants 
today to two per organization, no more, because you guys all have massive employee base, and we can't have them all filling up the room. So sorry, Dempsey Woods, we can only get two seats for you all, and some of you um, might be a bit later coming in, so you see this, the gaps here. But what I want to say this morning is I'm not going to come here, and we're not really here wanting to create another brainstorm sessions, just like two years ago when we came together. We got ideas from you, and today we're going to give you an update on what we've done with them. Um, what we want to do is actually demonstrate courage. And the way that we're going to start today's session will be, first, uh, my CFO, Grant, uh, Grant Birdwell, you might have met two years ago, had that uh, hosted some of, our, some of our conversations. He was so sick that he couldn't make it today because it was bad and, and it's very stressful times right now. Times are hard. I mean, just before now, I'm, I'm going to the bank giving portal numbers. So I was a bit late coming in. So I'm not coming here pretending today I've got it all figured out, nor do all of us do. I don't think a lot of us got it all figured out. Uh, and today we're going to share a little bit about where are we at with reality and how can we overcome that together rather than doing a solo. I'm so glad I have you all and I want to spend this short morning really working on something to overcome resilience and something that you'll remember when you look back in years to come. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for that, Charles. And on that note, we actually kick off today with a very incredibly special item. Now, as many of you, Oranga began its community journey around six years ago when it was a bit of a forgotten piece of farmland. Now, fast forward to today, forgotten fields have now actually transformed into platforms for life for more than 300 plus families, retirees, couples, individuals, and of course, as you can hear, amazing children who now call this place their home and their adventure ground. So therefore, it gives me great pleasure to welcome the founding Tamariki of Ngakaroa School, Oranga's first and only full primary school, which started in 2022, to open today in song and in lots of courage, making their central Auckland debut. That's absolutely raised the roof and give the most epic welcome all the way from Jury, our amazing kids from Ngakaroa.
because it's about snorkeling and coming along and there's a little school and a community coming from nothing. This has been amazing. And it's also about the creation of light in this place because it's been so fun. Kia ora, my name is Aurora. The next song we are going to be singing is Hutia Terito, which is about the flax bush and symbolises how important relationships and connections are and how we need to take care of each other. What is the most important thing in the world? He tangata, he tangata, he tangata. It is people, it is people, it is people. Toru fa. Toru fa.
Well done, everyone. Very, very, very beautiful. Now, before we actually give our response back to you and appreciation, ladies and gents, I think we can do a bit better than our polite clapping. Let's raise the roof and give Ngakaro a huge Brilliant. And uh, to give our response back to Ngakaroa School today, I would just like to introduce Jillian, who will come up uh, to read a very special letter and uh, gift a very special gift to the school. Jillian. Thank you, Ray. And that was superb children. Thank you. Um, today I get to read something to you that's pretty special. It's a document written by James K. Baxter, who was a poet and playwright and very famous in his day in New Zealand. He wrote this document and he gave it to my father. The document's never been published. Oh. Um, the document's never been published, but we did give the original of it to the National Library of New Zealand, if anyone wants to see it. Um, so it's pretty special. My father asked James, what was your vision for the children of New Zealand? And this is what he wrote. Proposal for the young people of New Zealand. In our country, people tend to live in small family groups with little neighbourly contact and lay stress on the acquisition of money, personal prestige and a high educational level without concern whether these achievements are or are not, are not of use to others. Tendencies breed loneliness, egocentricity and a host of social evils. I propose that young people, wherever they live, should endeavour to form communal groups with at least 10 or 12 in a house together and offering protection, friendship, and counsel and hospitality to others. The rules of community life could be simple. To share food, money, clothing and shelter, not laying claim to personal property. That is, to put people consistently before things. To offer warm friendship at all times uh, to all comers. To speak the truth fearlessly, opening their hearts to one another, but avoiding all negative criticism. To avoid all work where employers demand a servile attitude on the part of the employee, even when that work's well paid. To accept as an authority in any such communal groups the group conscience as expressed when the members of the group come together to discuss group problems, to try and expand their consciousness by God and prayer and meditation, but always with a total tolerance of other people's philosophies or beliefs. Such communities would, I think, be stronger than the atom bomb. So on behalf of the MADE team today, it's our pleasure to thank you for coming along and to present you this very special framed copy of this document written by James K. Baxter. Thank you. Um, before we move on and cast our eyes to the future, what better courageous communities might mean, let's first cast our eyes back and acknowledge what's actually happened in the last year or so. And as we look back on the last year, what a roller coaster of a year 2021 was, right? From a national lockdown, another one, and hopefully indefinitely the last, to a cargo ship bringing down the entire world's trade route to its knees, from the storming of the US Capitol, my goodness, to the first commercial suborbital space flight launched, 
A post-pandemic world has seen another war begin uh, as the death of a 70-year reign monarch comes to an end. We also welcome a new mayor in the city as well. So a lot and a lot of things happen. But if I may just to offer one more important comparison, of course, this year MAID was a privilege to launch another city-making project in Eden Otakari, uh, but another thing that was very important was that I also caught COVID-19 uh, inside the Great Pyramid of Giza, which was quite amazing. Definitely up uh, in world news standard. Now, on that note, having looked back, let's just take a bit of time to really reflect and recap some of the major things that have happened. Charles has made mention a little bit about some of the things that we built as a foundation in the forum last year. We've really taken to heart those gold nuggets and now try to turn the thinking and the dreaming into doing. So I'd just like to welcome back onto the stage Gillian and Charles, who will look back and just have a quick glimpse of what's actually happened in the last year or so. So Gillian and Charles, please. Thank you, Ray. Ray never actually introduced me, so I will just mention that um, I'm a consultant who has had the privilege of working with Charles and the team for quite a few years now, from almost from the start. Seven, so, seven. seven years and counting. Okay, so I'm just going to speak very briefly and give Charles most of the time because he'll say something more interesting. But what I am going to do is give you a very brief recap on last year's forum. So last year was the inaugural um, forum for better communities in this format and it was an incredible experience and quite a few of, how many were here? Hands up, those who were at last year's. Okay, about a third to a half, that's pretty good. Um, so we've got new, new people as well and new ideas, which is always good. So we had less than 60 people last year um, and we have more than that today. So last year was really important because it created the foundation um, and it's that foundation that we're going to build on today. So the forum started with the MAID team presenting their research on the pillars for better community, which you can see on the screen as a reminder and, um, and I think they were also in a pre-pack we sent out, so those who weren't there last year can see them. Um, these were an incredibly important reference for last year in creating the foundation and exploring what better looks like. So we heard stories from a group of multi-sector panellists and they provided stimulus for a table discussion that we had where we did then explore what does better look like for all of us? What's our experience of better? We got pages and pages of notes, and some of you may recognize some of your own handwriting. I can see a reaction at one table, definitely. Um, so we had some fantastic discussion about what better looks like, and it was fantastic for us to see that there were common themes and common kind of messages about what is better, what is it we're trying to achieve. So those common themes have now been put onto the visual, that was created by MAID's talented artist, Moira. And I want to do a shout out to her because some of you may have noticed on previous slides, there were absolutely stunning artworks or paintings of waves, and I see people nodding. Moira painted all of those. So, very impressive. Anyway, so this, <laughs> yes. <laughs> So this is now a really important foundation because it tells us this was your story and your words summarised, obviously, about what better looks like. 
and it's now the base on which we're building. So the second group discussion last year um, was focused on the actions that we can take to deliver better and what we can collectively and individually do to create better. And so again, here are some of the notes from <laughs> the session. Um, a lot of opportunity, and I think the critical thing that was highlighted through this is the complexity and breadth of action that is required, the different number of people who need to be engaged to really make something better happen. So these were the themes, and these were sort of some of the key actions. Of course, there were others as well. At the end of last year's forum, we did request feedback from everyone, and we were pretty thrilled at the positive and constructive feedback that we got. It's obviously been a really important piece of framing today so that we make sure we're delivering something of value for you. So please remember that when we ask you for feedback at the end of today. So on that note, that's a quick recap of last year and I'm going to hand you over now to Charles and he's going to tell you a bit more about what has happened since then. Thank you, I've got this does work, excellent. So I have my hand here, um, kind of a bullet point summary of um, the two page and bullet point summary of all the high level things that we were reflecting on in our last forum. Now I can never remember, was it last year or the year before? Okay, year before, okay, last year. So it's only been 12 months since then, and I was looking through this list again, and it was around 25 major categories of things that needed to be ticked off. We must have ticked it off at least 22. So there's three that we haven't yet done. I will confess those. Now, <laughs> um, I have to say, going through COVID and going through a period where we couldn't really gather all of us together in this way was hard, because you can't build a city alone. You can't build a community alone. And when you try to, you, you're the only conduit trying to get everybody together. It was exhausting, and we want to go from, from this year to come that these lockdowns don't happen anymore, that we can really rely on each other to start holding those working groups together. They can make things happen. I have Ian Fraser back there. He's been doing some video work with me for the last, uh, I can't remember now, for the last few months. And um, he's given up, give, uh, given up um, having me to have a script to read off because there's just so many things going on in here that I can't, I can't the script is too slow. <laughs> and so I want to just say this. I only have around eight minutes left. I don't have the time to go through 25 things that we've done or actually 100 things that we actually all ticked off last few years. We would love to spend time to go in more detail on those. But what I'm going to go do is go through eight slides with you that has images on it. And rather than going through and telling you and bragging about how many good things we've done, I'm going to tell you all the things that we screwed up on. You know? I'm going to give you the courage to tell you how imperfect we are and how we're fixing it up now. Because there's plenty of things we're doing well, fine. But what are the things that we're not doing so well that we can learn from? And we all can do a bit of that today. So start with late night tales over here, you can see. I remember Andy Baker sitting right there. Uh, I was walking along COVID time and people were getting pretty depressed about whether there's any future for community gathering. And um, I was thinking about this piazza. It was a bare batch of land at that point. And I was saying, hey, Andy, um, do you think I should create a community space for Oranga when, when you look at the world where it's going, it seems like they're all working from home and they all don't want to get out. They're all too afraid to touch each other and have close proximity. And I remember at that time I said, look, it's going to cost a lot of money and I'm not sure whether anyone's going to come. Um, and my investors are like putting a gun in my, in my head and saying, why are you doing it? To cut a long story short, what, 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 was, uh, what was my challenge then was 
First, it makes no commercial sense. Second, it's got to come out of my personal pocket because my investor ain't putting any money in. <laughs> and third, is this the thing to do right now or could I have my excuse and rightful excuse to tell everybody in the local board, hey, just delay it for another two years. And at that point, we'll tell and we'll know where the market is and we'll adjust, just like you would do for retail, just like you would do for anything. I could make an excuse for myself, but what was really bothering me at that time was that we were trying to set up um, the residents association and every single one of those residents were entitled, period. Uh, what we did was that we did things so well that every little thing that went wrong, they felt entitled that they should get it right. They should have a perfect home, they should have a perfect life. And what I was going through in my head, I was like, goodness, man, the, the, we have tried our very best and we're just getting criticized for the little things that we got wrong. And we, that is not a community. I realized it's wrong. All we've done is create a bunch of entitled people that think that they should, because that's their first time they're entitled to everything. So I had to rethink what it looked like to rebuild meaning, to rebuild people actually contributing, taking risk for what they believe in. And so to cut a long story short, we decided that we're going to do this thing. And we did this late night tales and we did it just wasn't really for the people of community of Noranga. We did it. And 80% of people that turns up at night now for these late night jazz and late night music and food and creative food that we've done is from outside Oranga. Now, we're just going to make the residents jealous because <laughs> they look like this thing and thinking, why is this thriving without us? But I'm, I'm sharing this with you. That's the reality of this. Sometimes we have a glossy picture of, oh, we can build communities. No, you do the right thing, and then these people just jump on it. And so what we learned this time around is that we're proud of Late Night Tales. I'm proud that I did that decision, Andy. And look, it's been a blessing for Franklin. It's been a blessing for Drury as a whole, not just Oranga. And that's what made it about. We are, we are a light to everybody around us, not just our own self-controlled interest. So that's one little story to share. Next, Providence Point. As for some of you that's been on Oranga, uh, Oranga so recently, you've probably seen the built form that's taken place. And some of them I'm not particularly proud of. And I'll tell you why, because we had to go through 2017, uh, which was sort of plateauing on the market already. And then just when we started picking up, 2020 hits, which gives you another COVID hit. So we got two massive uh, um, cyclic thing that doesn't tend to happen that close to each other. And our investors got desperate. They're like, well, Charles, this design guideline stuff that you got is just making things really, really expensive. And, um, and builders are not willing to do it. Banks are not willing to fund it. I'm having left, right, and center fighting fires. And my urban designers are also, you know, the builders, forgetting about investors, our builders were saying to me, Charles, um, we can't sell this. We don't see the value of a veranda. We don't know what a transitional space mean. Okay, we just think that you need your front slider door and that's about it. And put some curtains and close it. Not the way that you, you interact with the street and you sit and have interactions. And so in order to insist on the design guideline, we managed to get the, um, the, uh, the verandas at least in place. But it wasn't even done properly. It was supposed to be three meters deep, but they only did 1.8. You can't put a table and chair on there and actually use it properly. So it was, it was a half-cooked job, okay? But at least the frontage was some protected because some of that building design was pretty average. And I'm not even sure whether it costed them any lesser. It's just that they have bad taste. Um, and then and, and, and the reality is that what we did in Providence Point this time was that, all right, what does it look like to create a precinct completely of our own in which that we could showcase what we really mean by a place that's designed properly from the master plan all the way up to built form. And so this is the last part, the best land in Oranga, actually, next to the water, and we have kept it at the highest possible quality, even in the midst of a very, very challenging market where people are not willing to pay that type of price point for land. We have been able to get traction 
little by little, and we're working at it. We're not perfect, we're not fully there yet, but we're hoping to start works in the coming month or so. In terms of we fund works, and we're now going to civil works. Next. Um, this is what you probably can see here. It's something that I fought for for the last six years, the town center of Ordinger. Uh, one of the hardest things is that we actually, um, we actually went through a whole public process for six years with council and government. And, um, and I think I shared last time already, we, got, we kind of got a little bit of a surprise at the end, and we had to fight everything through court to get it to the right place. Um, that is not a nice feeling. It is exhausting. Why is it exhausting? And I share this with you vulnerably. I actually really like council. I actually really like our public servants. I think they have a good heart, but then I don't understand. I get very confused about why they do these type of things. And, and, and it gets to a point where maybe I've missed something. So I was willing, I'm going to court for my own sake thinking maybe I've missed something and I need a judge to tell me and critique every single thing that I put forward and this doesn't actually have substance on that rather than me brainwashing myself because I'm so biased perhaps. Only to find out that no, I was, tried, I was as clean as I could get in terms of what I thought the truth of the matter was. So to cut a long story short, we went in to a plan change. And uh, after we got the zoning, we thought that that would shore up the town center, only to realize that the town center can never be a town center now because the railway station got stripped out of it. And now it can only become a retail and a residential story, not a retail and a job story. So the town center's vision, we're still fighting right now to today. Uh, we're not fighting it because commercially, because we've got the town center zone. I could go and they do whatever I want and put bo boxes on it the next day and make a retail. But we want to create the civic heart of jury. And that, that requires me to go to judicial review with Kiwi Rail, Auckland Transport, Auckland Council, and potentially Kaingora. So I share this with you. I hate it because I love those people that work in them, I think. But then at the same time, it's, it's something that I believe one has to stand for if, this is, if the city has a chance of being something different. Last and not least, Eden Rodakari. We have branched out beyond Auckland. Uh, so since we last spoke, we have um, committed ourselves to the second iteration of what Oranga could look like beyond. And we've got one minute left. And so Eden Rotkari is a 2,000 house development, similar size to Oranga as it stands. And it primary school, retirement villages, um, all those things that you see that, uh, that we have in Oranga, we are doing the same there, but better. And I say this because I've learned a lot in Oranga to know that we, hello, hello, yeah what could be even better. But in short, this is one of the biggest step of leap of faith for us at MADE because previously to date, we have been investing into parcels of land and also managing a lot of investors and consortium of investors to do developments like these because they are high risk, they take long, and they're a huge amount of equity and upfront requirements of infrastructure. Eden Rodakari is the first time we said, look, rather than just asking other investors to do it, what does it look like for us to put our next 100% online to do something? So this is a project that's 100% funded by MADE, and my neck's on the line every day, and I can feel the pressure. I can feel not just one of my investors in Oranga, I can feel all 20 of them. All of that pressure combined together onto one place every night. I, st I, I can still sleep, but I just want to share with you that we want to do something very, very special in this place, and even if it means for us to go and go out of our way to do something that is highly exposure right now in terms of the market. We're talking about interest rate, that's hiked from 7% to 14 we're talking about cost that's gone up from 100 mil to 150 mil. We're talking about revenue that's dropped. Every single thing about this project is telling me, sell it, Charles. And just, just cut the losses and go. And we're going to stay on. We're going to stay on even if it's a 10% profit. That's all I got. And even if it's a break-even project. So why, you might ask? Because it's worth doing. And it's something that's going to bless um, Hamilton just as much as Town Center is. 
And so I just want to share these things because sometimes we go along and look at May and you think that we've got to figure it out. We don't. We have a lot of pressure points and we need help. And I believe you all need some too and we want to hear about them. So that's all for me now as an update. Thank you.